think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in-play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see what all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus and please play responsibly. by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hey, 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 what's up, gang? Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Oh, welcome to Game Over, Edmonton Gang. Sorry, I got a little mic issue going on here. Oh, we will sort this out in one second, and we'll get started with Game Over, <clears throat> game over Edmonton. <laughs> As Montreal Canadiens take down the Edmonton Oilers, Six to two. I'm your host, Avery Lewis McDougal. Sorry, I got a looping audio here. Oh, sorry. I had, <laughs> I had the feed on behind me on YouTube while I was talking. So that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> you know what? Hey, it happened. You forget audio is playing behind you. It is what it is. But anyways, the Montreal Canadiens take down the Oilers six to two at the Bell Center. A little bit of revenge for the Habs from last year when the Oilers walked into Montreal and hammered them 7-2. Montreal wins 6-2 tonight in a game in which, you know what? Scheduled loss, end of a road trip. It is what it is. But that is a tough, tough game for the Oilers to drop at the end there. Eastern road trip. They got points off of you got points on this road trip, but you wanted this team to find a way to win in Montreal and go back home to Edmonton with two more points with a chance to be on top of the Pacific Division, but it is what it is. Edmonton's start, though, was not great. Edmonton's start looked very flat. It came out of the gates flat. Montreal led in shots 6 uh, nothing early on. It was a game in which Edmonton was... It appeared that you're skating in mud for most of this first period, for most of this start. That's not what you wanted to see. That wasn't what you wanted to see for this team coming out after a game in which, after an effort in Ottawa, in which it looked really good against the Senators. I mean, heck, we know how Edmonton plays in games, what, before 3 or 4 p.m.? We know the Oilers are not a team that has a really good time winning any game that starts before the sun goes down. This is a known thing about the Edmonton Oilers. They've always had issues uh, playing on games that don't start before 5 or 6 p.m. It's a really strange thing, but, you know, it that is what it is. But, I mean, good to see, good to see the chat here, Hopper. Good to see people here in the chat room having a good time, enjoying themselves. Hopefully, Super Bowl Sunday goes better than what happened today. For the record, Super Bowl, I'm going with the Eagles. I need to see Jalen Hurts get a title. I'm going 
Philadelphia all the way today in the Super Bowl. And hey, let me hear, let me, let me see your thoughts. Let me see um, predictions today after that game. I know we saw the Oilers predictions in terms of who they got winning the Super Bowl. And even Carter McDavid throwing in the Edmonton Elks <laughs> winning today. You know what, Connor? Love you, but I don't think that's going to happen today. I don't think the Elks are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Good to see you got some of the usual people in here in the chat today. And yeah, I do want to. Yeah, great point, Jack. Um, do you want to send our thoughts out to Anton Forsberg, who had that injury against the Oilers last yesterday in the Senators' loss? You know that that's a scary thing. Seeing Anton Forsberg go down. Of course, we saw him clearly very injured, but he has two torn MCLs. Like, oh my gosh! You talk about you know, about bad luck. You talk about just a horrific situation to have not just one MCL torn, both in both of his knees. Like, oh, you knew it was bad when the stretcher was called upon to look at him and see what happened there. He stretched it off and took his pads off. But you could tell when he was laying down on the ice that it was a serious injury. I think many of us probably assumed that he had blown out something in his knee. But I don't think any of us predicted that we would hear Anton Forsberg being done for the year with two torn MCL. So all you can really say is, you know, thoughts to Anton Forsberg. And hopefully that he is going to have a quick recovery and he's back hopefully next season, because that, that's serious stuff. That is a serious, serious matter. Well, yeah, like I mentioned in this game earlier, and of course, if you like the SDPN channel, if you like all of our content, like always, please like, subscribe, and comment to the SDPN YouTube channel. Support all of us. Support the gang on Game Over Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal. We're all out here putting out some fun content for you to enjoy. And remember, Spotify, if you want to listen to all of the Game Over podcasts, maybe at home, at the gym, at work, you want to ignore your boss in the office, turn on Game Over NHL and listen to all of our takes. And escape work. <laughs> that is a take endorsed by me only and by no one else on SDPN. <laughs> Of course, after this game, this is a game in which, defensively for the Oilers, there are still quite a few holes. There are still issues on the back end when it comes to defending. And hearing the news that this team really was never really in the thicker things for Jacob Chikrin, and that the scouting staff had concerns over Chikrin's defensive play, it just goes to show me, like, the scouting staff really needs to really evaluate how they go about doing things. Because if you look at Jacob Chikrin and your concerns are that he's not a strong defensive player, like, you're not watching enough Arizona Coyotes hockey if you're saying that. When, on the contrary, he is one of their better defenders. He is, yes, we know Chikrin is a strong offensive player, but he is very responsible in his own end of the ice. You can go on YouTube and find a lot of videos out there showing him clearing the defensive zone for the Coyotes. And being a very strong defender. The fact that Empton scouts don't think he's a strong defender. To me is baffling. At the same time though. This is the same organization. That has concerns about Jacob Chikrin's defending. 
but yet wants Eric Carlson. And don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Eric Carlson is a great defender. I would take him into all day long. I would take Eric Carlson in this roster all day long. He improves your core. But we know Eric Carlson, his game is much more offensive than Jacob Chikri. So if your concern is defense when you want Carlson, it's like, it's really a weird, it's, it's a weird, the arguments are very strange from the Oilers front office. Something doesn't make sense. Something does not make sense. But Eric Carlson would be a massive addition to his team. We see how he, the, the, can you imagine the passes he would give Dreisaitl and McDavid and himself? He's the kind of guy who's having a renaissance in San Jose. Offensively, he can get you a lot of points himself as well. But the logic, to me, was very strained when I came from the piece out of Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic. So, very odd that, very odd that is what they've been telling DMB in terms of what they want. But, you know what? Nothing is set in stone yet. Nothing has been settled yet. We don't know how trade deadline day is going to go. It's certainly going to be an interesting day. March 3rd is probably going to be one of the more chaotic days on the NHL calendar. And I really, really hope it is not a snooze fest like we always get. We always get these trade deadline days that are just what? You're talking about one deal that came down at 10 a.m. Eastern time and then nothing else for the next few hours. And you're just trying to stall for time. You're trying to think about what we discuss next. What's our next plan of operations? What do we get into next? And it's tough. It's tough. I really hope that I really hope that there is a way to make it happen. Uh, as of, yeah, as it stands right now, there's going to have to be some yeah, right now you know what though? It may involve it may involve getting a third team involved to get Carlson if that happens. You may have to get creative. You're going to have to get creative to make a Carlson deal work. Be it a third team getting involved or something happening. The elite teams figure it out. Teams like Tampa, Vegas, etc., etc. Those are teams that find ways to make it happen. Of course, on the Sharks end, what the Sharks want is a bit odd in terms of in terms of, um, in terms of salary. I, you know what? I I don't think Mike I don't think Mike Greer is going to get what he wants in terms of cap retainment. I don't think Mike Greer is going to get what he wants, but the elite teams find a way to make it work and find a way to make the cap gymnastics work. As a problem, we don't know if Ken Holland is creative enough to make that happen under the cap right now. Coming from Tyler here, worst game of the year. Mm. You know what? It wasn't great. No, this was one of this was not a great game at all. Special teams was a mess. Gave up a shorthanded goal. That goal in which Christian Dvorak scored, that was unexcus that was inexcusable. That was such a bad breakdown in their own end on the power play from both um, Evan Bouchard and Leon Dreisaitl. That is a goal that cannot happen. Evan Bouchard gets his pocket picked by Kirby Doc. Doc finds the Vorak all in front of Stuart Skinner, all by himself. All by himself. That cannot happen where Christian Dvorak has... You know what you have the, the count of Mississippi's? That wasn't just one Mississippi, two Mississippi. That was eight, nine, ten, twelve. Come on! Where was anybody by Christian Dvorak on that play, on that breakdown? Yikes. 
That was an ugly sequence in front of Skinner. That was just... At the same time, this is a game that Edmonton is going to have to flush and refocus and get ready for this homestead coming up here now next week. But I am glad, though. I am glad that Edmonton did, on most of his trip, find a way to get points off of teams in the Eastern, in Eastern Conference. Should have beaten Philadelphia, though. Should have beaten the Flyers. And this is a thing that Edmonton has had an issue with doing is playing, putting away games against teams they should be better than. We've now watched Edmonton drop games to teams like Anaheim, like Philadelphia, like Montreal. And it shouldn't happen. Really, really, really shouldn't happen. I mean, I mean, great. I'm glad they found a way to I'm glad they did go into Ottawa and get a heart and getting well deserved two points. But when you're playing against Philly and Montreal, you gotta find a way to get two points in in those games. You absolutely have to, so. But no, I think I think for a lot of people here who watch a game, and many in the chat, and many in the chat agree that yeah. Oh, Zach, what's going on, Zach? This is Zach. Yeah. Fair, fair point, Zach. Fourth game in six days. Fourth game in six days, you know. It wasn't it's it's a tough road trip. It's tough playing that many games. It's tough getting up for two back to back games in the early afternoon in the Eastern Time Zone of Western Conference. It's tough. It's not easy. It's not easy. But now Empton comes back home. Let's pull the older schedule here now. More, there are more games against Eastern Conference now. More games against Eastern Conference opponents. They now have their quick. Oh, drop my pen. <laughs> Their run of games now. The next um, few games they're taking on. Wednesday night, Detroit. Friday, New York Rangers. Sunday, against Colorado. Then after that, they're going to go on the road to play out the Colorado. Back at home to play Philly. And then they're on the road to play the Penguins and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, even though it's Eastern Conference teams, Detroit, game you should win. Rangers, it'll be a battle there against New York. Colorado, that's the team you got to find a way to beat. you got to find a way to get points off Colorado, but it's not a bad, it's not a bad swing of games against, um, it, it's not a bad run for Edmonton in the next six games. They have very, win they have winnable games. They have very winnable games for the most part. I would say the toughest games right now are going to be against the Rangers and I would say Colorado, Pittsburgh, but every game here, should be either a two-point game or at least getting one point off of the rest of these teams here in this six-game run. Either way, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun run of games to see. And it'll be good to see Edmonton back at home for what? It's been 82 years since the last Oiler home game. That's what it feels like after the All-Star break. That is what it feels like. It's been 82 years since the last Edmonton Oilers home game. <laughs> Eight games up to the deadline. Yeah, they got, yeah, at, at least, at worst, that would be five and three for the deadline. At worst. But Zach, yes, the Joel Edmonton rumors been shut down. That is not the guy. Oh, I agree. Joel Edmonton is not the guy that Edmonton needs. On that back end. That is... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That is not the guy you acquire if you want to be taken seriously for a deep playoff run 
in the Western Conference. And yeah, I'm glad also I'm glad Zach that, that was also shut down as well. Joel Edmonds is not the guy you need to try and get back to the Western Conference Finals or to try and have a deep run to get back to a cup final for the first time since 2006. That's not that's not the asset you want to target. It really is not. Yep. No, that guy. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, Eric Carlson. And it's looking like, yeah, I, I think Chikrin, I know we've been hearing a lot of news around Jacob Chikrin. I think we're, we're probably going to hear about a Jacob Chikrin deal. It wouldn't shock me if we hear news tonight. It would not shock me if we hear tonight during the Super Bowl or before kickoff of the Chiefs and Eagles, Jacob Chikrin is now a LA King or Jacob Chikrin is now a Boston Bruin. One of those teams. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh. <clears throat> Oof. I don't know what's going on. I got some stuck in my throat for I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is, but I got something in my throat stuck. But we'll we'll power through. We will power through and we will overcome. Like we always do. <laughs> yeah, I know. We know that Chikrin is not going to a Canadian franchise. He's not going to Edmonton. He's not going to Toronto. And we know some other names that were rumored will not be going to Edmonton. Uh, Gavrikov will not resign with a Edmund, uh, Canadian team. So he's out. We have the uh, Chikrin out. We have Edmonton shut down. So really, if you really want to make a move, that move should be Eric Carlson. I'm not, I know we've heard rumors. About, we've heard there's discussions on other guy names coming in uh, forwards. We've heard the talk of, Possibly a Tyler Bertuzzi to Edmonton. I'm mm, I'm not really sold on Tyler Bertuzzi. I don't think he's the kind of guy you want to acquire. I'm not sold on Bertuzzi. That's not my that is not my play for the for the um um top four nine. <laughs> Zach drink water. After the show is done, I might have to drink some water and clear off whatever is in my throat. But yeah, I don't, I don't think Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy you really should be looking at. Um, Carlson is the guy you want to acquire um, come come this um, trade deadline day. But no, I think the Boston Bruins, that's a team in which the Boston Bruins getting Chikrin, that's a team, that is a well-run team that knows how to trade for assets, knows how to, of course, they do get a knock for, of course, Mitchell, the Mitchell Miller nonsense. That's a big knock on Boston. They deserve all the shame in the world for that. But outside outside of that, they've been a team that has been able to assemble a quality franchise. I mean, look at them. They're on pace to break records when it comes to wins and when it comes to points in NHL season. It's going to be tough to see anybody really knocking Boston off their pedestal right now in the Eastern Conference. I mean, Tampa, uh, Tampa possibly. I mean, the Rangers, they're coming out here and they're showing that they want to they want to make some noise. We saw that they acquired Vladimir Tarasenko out of St. Louis. <laughs> but no, I think it's going to be tough to stop the Boston Brewers if they do get Jacob Chikrin. That is going to be a very scary team. Race fan. Race fan, yeah, no. Vince, Vinny D'Arnais. Vinny D'Arnais has been... I I gotta give credit there. Vincent D'Arnais has impressed me. He's continued to impress me on that back end as a good depth defenseman. And we saw that fight against um 
Arwajakai, that was a tilt. That was a tilt against two boys who you do not want to mess with at all. That was a heavyweight tilt, and I'm sure most of you saw the picture of myself and Tony Brar in the Oilers locker room standing beside Vincent D'Arnais' stick. And the length of Vinny's stick is hilarious because it was taller than both Tony and myself. He has to be a guy who gets the exception in the NHL to the stick of that length because that was ridiculous. I'm 5'8 on a good day, and his stick dwarfed me and Tony in the locker room. <laughs> but no, Vincent D'Arnais is... Um, has been a really great addition to this team's this team's depth unit on the depth pairing, and I don't want to. See, I I think Darnay is going to definitely solidify himself a spot on this roster for a long time to come. I don't think he'll be going back to Bakersfield anytime soon, and nor should he. Nor should Darnay. A wonderful addition on this team after coming up from Bakersfield. And we see in that division, of course, Edmonton, with that win, would have taken over first place in the Pacific Division. They don't. But man, the Pacific Division, I know it's volatile, but that, that volatility of the Pacific is still very fun to watch. It, it, the volatility is so much fun to watch, that logjam of what's happening between Edmonton, Vegas, Seattle. It is car crash hockey in terms of who wants that division lead. You've got the division. Now, going through the Pacific Division, Vegas at 66, Seattle, 65, Edmonton, 65, LA, 65. And really, you really cannot count out Calgary at 60 points. I cannot count out the Calgary Flames right now of possibly getting back into that division title race. It is fun to watch. I really feel that the vision is going to come down to game 81, game 82 for every team that the vision. I don't think any one of these teams is going to break away fully yet and take over that division. I really don't see anyone breaking away just quite yet. I really don't. I know Vegas had the issue. I know Logan Thompson went down injury. But I think Vegas has enough to overcome Logan Thompson going down. I know Laurent Bonsoir is him. I, I still think Vegas has a, has a way to overcome Logan Thompson and still be a team that could win that division. So I'm not going to count out the Golden Knights just yet from winning it fully. But it's fun, though. But it's it's an interesting division race. I don't I know people want to say, oh, Pacific Division hockey, it's not, it's, it's not good hockey. It's weak, it's weak division in hockey, but it's by far the most fun one to watch because we still don't know who is going to win the division or what the wild card situation is going to shape up like in the Western Conference. And in terms of Edmonton's first round opponents, we still don't have a clear indication in terms of who they would face. They could face could face Seattle, could face LA. Could face Vegas, where that's still very, very murky. And it's still a very murky situation in terms of who Edmonton could face in that first round. So, either way, I like I, I like the volatility of what's going to happen. I think many people in the chat room like that instead of um, 
instead of uh, like say for example, if you look, if you look in the Eastern Conference, a division like the Atlantic, we already know it's going to happen in the Atlantic. We know that's going to be Boston on top of that division. We know Boston is going to. Although, although I say it now, <laughs> I say now Boston's going to win the Atlantic. Watch somehow, some way, Boston lose like five or six straight, and Toronto win five or six. I'm just out here jinxing the Bruins. <laughs> Watch, quote me, quote me on that right now. Watch the Atlantic somehow just go for a loop in March and April, as I say it now. That would be bona fide jokes. Hmm. Yeah, David seems. Yeah, no, yeah, there's no guarantees, David. Remember, that North Division, that North Division was such a, everybody was predicting in that that shortened season that we were going to get, the North Division would be determined by Toronto and Edmonton, and we didn't get it. The last two standing out of the division were Winnipeg and Montreal. The result that no one had, everybody was predicting, Final two in the North would be Edmonton, Toronto. And Montreal, Winnipeg came in and absolutely crashed the party in terms of what the North Division was going to be. <laughs> Easily the most bizarre, one of the more bizarre full years of NHL hockey. And I pray we never have to go through it again because I think many of us were beyond exhausted watching for eight, nine games of Edmonton, Ottawa. Edmonton, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. It got exhausting. It got exhausting. But yeah, no, this is going to be a truly fun division to watch. And the trade deadline. And then, of course, trade deadline day. We got to figure out who is still going to. I also don't think, the more I look at it now, I truly don't think Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze will end up in Edmonton. I don't think, I know there's been so many rumors and so many proposals on online of, oh, can Edmonton get Taves or Kane? I don't think either one will be going north. The more I look at it, the more I look at how things are going with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, I'm, I'm not really convinced either one's getting dealt. I don't know. I don't know if either player is going to be traded away. I The more I look at things, we might get, if any one of them is traded, ah, I really thought you were going to see Kane going to New York. But then New York ended up training for Vladimir Tarasenko. So I think Kane stays. Maybe Taves is traded, but I don't think it'll be Edmonton. I saw a lot of people wanting to see Jonathan Taves being a veteran guy on that third line, but I don't see it happening. I don't see Jonathan Taves going to Edmonton. And of course, let me know in the chat. Do you think Taves or Kane ended up in Edmonton? I don't think so. I think there might have been outside chance a month ago, but something just tells me neither one will be Edmonton. I know it is it is what it is. I don't I don't think Edmonton need need the Taves or Kane. I don't think they do. I think I really think the real issue is the back end and not the forward core right now in terms of the uh, a playoff spot. So, although I do want to say quickly back to the Edmonton Ottawa game, it was nice to see. Izzy Pugliarvi. It was nice to see him score his fifth of the year. What a shot to be Anton Forsberg. And in today's game, I know he didn't get a point, but I like the play of Dylan Holloway. He had a brilliant play 
hit the puck to McDavid, but Jake Allen was standing on his head. Dylan Holloway, when you put him with some skill, when Dylan Holloway plays with skill, oh, shocker! The kid looks good! The kid looks good when he's on the ice with some skill. Hmm. It ain't rocket science. Putting Holloway with your skilled forwards, and the kid is money. So I like that. I like seeing Dylan Holloway look good when he was out there with the top, with, with, the, with the big boys. So I want to see more of that. We, we see flashes all the time of Dylan Holloway doing great things when he gets time to play with the big guns. Like McDavid, like Nugent Hopkins, like Dry. That's where he belongs. He belongs getting a look with, with the big names on this roster. It's a good fit. The kid's talented. I want to see more of that. Not just this year, but next year as well too. And hopefully, hopefully during the playoffs, we see him playing some minutes with the big boys. The kid deserves it. The guy deserves it. So anyways, thank you all for once again tuning in to Game Over Edmonton. We'll be back on the air once again when the Oilers are back to play the Red Wings. Don't you dare miss it, but like always, make sure you like, subscribe to the SDPN channel. Support the whole brand. doesn't matter if it's just game over. Support all of our shows. We love making content for you guys. We love hopping on and talking and recapping games. It's always a blast when I get a chance to do game over and a rare afternoon game. Anyways, I'm Avery, and I'm gone. Talk to you folks later. Go Eagles. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.